Hey, what's up? Welcome to live stream number 49 here on my YouTube channel. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. That's my radio voice, by the way. It's my professional radio voice. Hey, what's up? Kalen here. Uh, welcome to the live stream, everybody. I'm pulling up the YouTube channel here so I can see any questions or comments in the chat as we go and respond to you in real time as opposed to fake time. Um, so feel free to drop anything in there. And uh, with no further ado, let's jump into the program. On the program today, we have got some e-commerce news for Singles Day in China. If you don't know what Singles Day is, you're about to find out. Uh, a new podcast on replatforming. Uh, some Magento news from Atwix for the month of whatever the most recent month was. Portals, a new uh, feature, a new browser feature. Disney Plus, everybody's excited about Disney Plus. Uh, marketing takes a lot of touches. You got to play the long game. Habit stacking. Last but not least, conditioning and setting boundaries for asynchronous work and flow state maximization. All right. Now let's jump on in. Let's jump on into the screen share and let's jump on into the content. What a day, man. I have not been sleeping very great. Kids woke us up last night, which was brutal. Okay, tweet from Emily Graff. It's that time of year again. Stats that make me go wow. Alibaba Group had $38.3 billion in gross merchandise volume sold on Singles Day 2019. That is a 26% increase from last year's Singles Day. That's 5x what Amazon sold during 48 hour prime day. So my first thing was what in the heck is singles day? I was not aware of what singles day was. It's a Chinese thing, which, um, where they celebrate being single. So, um, people who are single go out and shop kind of a thing, which is kind of, kind of interesting. Not judging, but you know, I mean, it's, it's definitely an, an interesting uh, choice of holiday there, buddy. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, 24-hour shop. It's the world's largest 24-hour shopping event, right? And they beat out Prime's, Amazon's Prime Day. Um, so that's, I mean, that's pretty much all. You know, it's been interesting. I'm, I'm starting to, I guess, you know, follow. China a bit more closely and sort of try to, uh, you know, I've talked a little bit about it, you know, uh, uh, China, obviously they're a major force in, in the world in e-commerce and technology and AI and, uh, geopolitics. And, you know, um, it's funny as, as, um, as an American, you can tend to be kind of U S centric and, um, I've been starting to just sort of try to learn a bit more about the Chinese market things like that actually the other day we we, we were uh, watching uh, curiosity stream uh, which is a cool streaming service for documentaries with my daughter and she saw some stuff on china and she was like oh let's watch that so we watched a couple things on china actually saw some really interesting stuff there so i'm trying to do a better job of paying attention to that uh, is obviously an important market in the world and um having massive you know impact on the e-commerce landscape so 
Super interesting. Super interesting. Okay, next up. Also, uh, on the topic of e-commerce news. New podcast uh, from Paul Rogers and James Gerd. Um, tweet from Paul, James and I have just launched a replatforming slash e-com technology podcast. Feel free to suggest any topics or people we should invite on. Um, and this is super interesting. Paul is probably one of the people, probably the single most knowledgeable person that I know having met in the Magento community on, uh, replatforming and on multiple different platforms. Um, you know, he has a lot of great content on his blog related to how do you pick the right platform? Um, and he knows, you know, all the platforms really well, you know, he's an independent e-commerce consultant, so he doesn't have as much of a quote dog in the race as, um, as many people do who have, let's say Magento development shops or Shopify development shops. So he's able to have a really unique perspective, um, on replatforming specifically. And this is also interesting to me from a podcast topic perspective in the sense that it's a very niche topic, right? Like it's not just an e-commerce podcast. It's specifically talking about replatforming, which is, which is very niche. And one of the things that makes podcasts great, you can just go super niche. Um, and so it's interesting to see that. I think this is going to be great. I think actually, let me pull up this other tweet. I think we have a link. Oh, and by the way, what a fantastic domain name. I mean, come on. We're going to have to slow clap that domain name, replatform.fm. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so, yeah, they have some existing um, episodes here. What is the best e-commerce platform? Technical SEO considerations. Understanding common issues and risks. And I think that they have some existing content up here. Yeah. Really cool. Um, got some great show notes and I assume I'm going to see a link to play the audio. Oh yeah, there we go. Up on SoundCloud. Very cool. So yeah, super interesting, uh, podcast to keep an eye on a lot of new, interesting podcasts popping up. Okie doke. Next on the list, uh, saw a tweet from, um, from Roman recently, who, who was kind enough to tag me on this, uh, Roman Glushko over at Atwix. And um, Atwix does such a cool job of illustrations uh, as well as lots of other things. We've had Slava on Mage, the Mage Talk podcast and, and a, a couple of times and great company. Um, and this is a great little news post. Um, Roundup of the latest news that took place in October, I assume, because it's a roundup of what happened last month. So this is October news. And um, I'm going to just kind of breeze through this. Um, I We've talked a little bit about some of these things in previous uh, streams, but um, I thought this, this would be a good... Uh, resource because it's a very thorough recap of things. And I remember at, at one point I was looking for a nice uh, thorough recap of MLEU and I couldn't really find one. Um, so it's always, it's always nice to have, 
really great recaps of, of, you know, announcements, things like that. So I'm going to see if I can quickly breeze through this. Now the formatting is a ton. I, I sort of wish the, the formatting was a little bit easier to follow, but, uh, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, so just 2.3.3 splits jQuery UI improved performance. That's cool. Nice to see the Magento is going to be improving the admin experience. Adobe Analytics will be receiving user information. That's cool. So they're collecting usage. Okay. All right. That's interesting. And then we've got the Yachtpo bundling. I think we've talked about Google Shopping ads channel module is part of the Magento package. Okay. Cool. 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 Now this is where I'm not sure what the highlights are here. So let's see here. PSD2 compatibility. What is PSD2? Anyways, payment. I should probably know what PSD2 is. Oh, payment, payment, payment standard, payment service, payment services directive. Okay. Okay, it's one of these EU, EU jobbies. Oh, is this the thing on two-factor auth for payments? I think that might be what it is. Okay, tiny MCE. Okay, so these are relatively minor updates, infrastructure improvements. Okay, graph. I'm looking, what I want to see is like the higher level announcements, really easily bully, bullet pointed, and then maybe the more minor ones kind of, kind of separated out. Uh, cron reporting, kind of, okay. Da, da 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 message okay okay blah 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 MLEU collected all key announcements EAP for product recommendations powered by Adobe Sensei okay we talked about that Azure support adding to Commerce Cloud okay cool sales channel extension of sports supports Amazon UK marketplace all right Adobe stock and I still don't completely understand what the stock integration is. I feel a little dumb for saying that. Is it literally just making it easy to pull stock photos into a Magento site? I'm trying to understand that. I don't understand the use case there. Okay, 20 roadmap. Uh, all right, cool roadmap. I think we've seen that. Uh, okay. Okay. More info. All right. So I guess that's all the MLEU. I feel like that's a good summary. That's a good summary. Magento live, uh, is merging with summit. Okay. Tomando shutting down. Um, I don't know if I've actually talked about that association partners. Okay. This is good. This is good. Yep. Partners being announced. Um, Nexus, Adyen, PayPal. Okay. This is, this, this is a great blog post, but, uh, it's very detailed, uh, AWS event bridge. All right. All right. So that's, that's that for now. I will leave it at that. Thank you to Outwix for that. And that's so next, next, next up. In the program, I saw this tweet from um, Eric Irway. Um, let me quickly read out the 
Twitter bio so I don't get the details wrong. Product management, Magento Commerce, at Adobe for Merchant and Shopping Experiences, including PWA. Go Hokies. I don't know exactly what the Hokies are, but what the heck? Go Hokies. Um, and so Eric, one of the one of the product main product managers around PWA. Um, a favorite new feature at Chrome Dev Subit remains portals. There is so much potential here with shopping experiences and bridging the MPA SPA gap, especially mobile, which I think MPA multi multi page application, single page application. So he was kind enough to send me a specific link to the to demo this functionality, which is super cool. I'm going to try to pull this up real quick. The um, there's a demo of a Yahoo News article, which is uh, which is awesome. So let me pull this up. It's actually Yahoo News Japan. Interestingly enough, here we go. View Yahoo Japan's live demo. That is the linkage that I want. That is the link. Google Docs are taking forever to load. Okay. Hopefully this will load up on my screen here nicely. All right, here we go. Check this out. So classic navigation on the left, navigation with portals on the right. So what it's doing is it's doing these cool transitions uh, from one page to another on completely different websites. So um, I guess it also does some nifty stuff with scrolling, back forward uh, browser functionality, and, and things like that. And it just does these really nice transitions from... I don't know if it's showing this, but when you should be able to see in the URL bar that it's gonna it'll go from one website to a completely different website, and it'll transition it in really smoothly. Like uh, I might have seen that somewhere else. Yeah, I guess I saw that somewhere else. But basically, that's what these portals are: is that they give you smooth, animated transitions um, from one page to another, which is really cool. And, and it kind of gives you, like Eric was saying, it kind of gives bridges this gap where multi-page applications, you know, page loads are kind of slow and, and they don't feel very native, at, where single-page apps can have really nice, quick, snappy, um, polished, you know, transitions between pages. And now we can kind of get best of both worlds on, on both of those. So super, super interesting to keep an eye out for that. I don't know if this functionality is totally live yet or if it's... Brand, uh, I don't know exactly if this is, oh yeah, it's supported as of November 11th. Okay, yeah, so it's supported in Google Chrome as of two days ago. So they must have announced this at the Dev Summit. Super cool. Okay, next up, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. So everybody is talking about Disney Plus. Yesterday was the launch date. I was able to get in there and try it out. And um, oh, here's the package. I was trying to find out where this package was because I want to get this ESPN package. And I did the free trial. I did this free trial yesterday of the six ninety nine. Um, and I'm starting to get really cold because my 
window is open. Um, so yeah, a uh, couple thoughts on this. Um, you know, it's, it's, some people ask, is it better than Netflix? And I think for families with small kids, you know, Netflix has some cool kids content, but that's not really the primary focus. The primary focus that they're putting in is a lot of that, you know, TV MA content, which is, which are really well produced shows, but you know, not, not so family friendly. So that's, what's really cool about Disney plus, um, national geographic. I'm really excited about watching a bunch of the national geographics with my kids, um, so that, you know, they can kind of combine the entertainment and the education in the same thing. You know, you always want your kids not to just zone out watching cartoons, but, you know, to watch stuff where they can really be, uh, you know, learn and, and be educated. We watched one last night. We watched, um, uh, free solo with, uh, is it Adam Honnold? What's his name? The, the guy who free solo climbed, uh, El Capitan in Yosemite El Cap really well done. And I, I had seen him on a couple of podcasts and had heard about it, but this is, I finally was able to actually watch the, the full, uh, movie on national geographic and, uh, so good. So intense. We were like, all of us are like palms. We're getting sweaty as we're seeing him climb it and stuff. This is just crazy. So really excited about that. And then obviously lots of cool Disney content for the kids to watch as well as, you know, the other stuff, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars. So, uh, yeah, really cool. Uh, super interesting price point, $7. I was thinking to myself, they're definitely going to increase that price point over time. I mean, that price point is so low. Um, and you know, they're going to have to add content there. It's hard. It was hard to tell exactly how much content was up there. Um, it seemed like it wasn't that much. Like as far as even just basic Disney movies, it seemed like there was only like 10 or so, um, as far as like, uh, Disney movies go. So I think they're going to probably continue to build out that library. Um, so yeah. And then I really want to get this bundle cause I want to watch, get more into watching sports, but I'm pretty sure both. So the Hulu has ads at this price point. I'm pretty sure ESPN plus has ads at this price point too. And I just, I just can't do the ads thing. So I got to either pay for the full deal with no ads or just not do it. Um, so anyways, all right. Tweet from my uh, good man, Philip Jackson. I've been on the fence about masterclass for almost two years. Sarah Blake, uh, Sarah Blakey Blakely's course put me over the edge took 10 seconds from impulse to payment the real masterclass here is the passive commerce techniques employed on me for years as I quietly deliberated membership and so when I saw this you know it, it was really interesting because I've also been seeing the master like I've seen the ads uh, I think I've seen YouTube ads on masterclass I think I've probably seen five to 10 of them where they have really interesting people teaching really high quality classes. And, um, I've also been like, wow, that, that looks interesting. I should probably check that out. And, and I don't know if it's been two years or exactly how long it's been, but it's been quite a long period of time. And it just goes to show like how many, you know, when you, when you think about a buyer's journey, 
you know, you think about, well, okay, it takes X amount of touches on average for somebody to convert and things like that as a, as a, as a customer. Um, and it just, it takes so long. I mean, it's kind of crazy how long it takes, um, of just being exposed to something over and over, hearing about it from multiple sources. Um, I think when we have our marketing hat on, we greatly oversimplify the process, you know, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. You know, I want to, I want to someone to buy on that first exposure. I want to announce the product and I want people to sign up right away. And it just does not work like that. It never does. It just takes time. It takes a lot of repeated impressions. Um, and, uh, and so I thought that, uh, Phillips, uh, uh, tweet just expresses so well. And I mean, the content, I'm trying to remember uh, some of the people, but like the people that they get to do this content is just unreal. Like I think they have, I'm trying to remember the ads I saw. I'm pretty sure that they had like, like, like I, I, I thought I remember seeing like a class on how to write scripts, how to write movie scripts from, um, like R.L. Stein, like the people they have doing this content is just, just next level. I mean, look at this, Helen Mirren on acting. I mean, literally the best, I mean, Wolfgang Puck. I mean, the content, the level of this content is absolutely unreal. And yet still, um, is this is Stephen Curry? Is I'm trying to figure out if, uh, yeah, Steph Curry. I mean, the le the caliber of people they have teaching this content, Samuel L. Jackson, is absolutely unreal. And yet still, it takes so many exposures before you go and p actually pull the trigger on it. So, um, super interesting. Super interesting there. All right, next up. Habit stacking. There's a post on Indie Hackers. Um, do you use habit stacking in your day-to-day -day to get things done? Many of you probably practice this in your morning and night routine. Chain habits together. Um, and then there's a reference to James Clear, who I think sort of coined this term. And um, I actually have been doing this. Um, I, 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 I saw this can't remember exactly where I came across this idea of habit stacking. It was probably James Clear, but it might have been somebody referencing it. But anyways, um, I want to say maybe three to six months ago. And um, I definitely, definitely started doing that and have really enjoyed it. So I, I, you know, for example, a couple things I'm doing, you know, in my morning routine, you know, I'm doing my video. And after this, I go, I do my walk, walk the dog. Although it's like super cold right now and I'm getting really sick from walking outside. Um, also things like um, going to the gym, you know, like I have my morning session where I bang out a lot of my email, do my work, and then I'll go to the gym right after that. Um, and I'm trying to think of some examples, um, some specific examples of this. I'm actually, I'm actually not. 
Um, I thought I had more examples um, to, to pull from because I feel like I, I, I thought that I I'm trying to remember. I thought that I had like four or five scenarios where I was doing this, um, but it's not coming to mind right now. So, um, yeah, definitely this was something that was helpful for me and kind of building out my my daily routine um, and kind of helping me to build out better habits. So. All right, that was a little bit of a dud, but that's all good. All right, now I'm going to transition to my just video. Bear with me here. Okay. Ugh. What am I talking about? Conditioning and boundaries. Okay. All right. Um, so I saw a tweet that made me um, think about this. I've been talking about working asynchronously, kind of maximizing flow state, um, whether that's as a developer or some other kind of professional. Um, and uh, just talking about different aspects of it. And what I want to talk about in this video was um, conditioning and setting boundaries. So what, one of the things I hear from people when I talk about, hey, turn off your notifications for multiple hours at a time so you can really get into the zone and be productive is that is like I can't just do that. Like I need to communicate with people at my work. People have expectations that I'm going to be responsive to them. All right. There's people that depend on me for their work. And my response to that has been, yes, totally agree. However, um, setting boundaries on, on the way in which you communicate with people is, uh, is, is important to do. It'll ultimately help you to do more for yourself and also for others. So instead of responding to people, you know, being available every minute of the day to respond within minutes, you know, make your availability within certain time windows. Um, so that people can still hear from you within, let's say two hours, but not necessarily within two minutes. And then what people inevitably say is like, well, I can't do that. Like, that's not what people expect from me. And so that's where, um, setting boundaries and conditioning people comes in. So, you know, this is like anything much easier to do if you start the expectation fresh, right? Let's say you start a new job and you just set this expectation from the beginning, or you start working with a new client and you set this expectation from the beginning, it's, it's gonna be a lot easier just psychologically for the people you're interfacing with to have that expectation and respect it as well as for yourself. Most times though, if you're trying to build these habits, you're doing it in a scenario where people have a certain expectation of your responsiveness and you're trying to change that. And people always are gonna be uncomfortable with the idea of change. They're gonna be like, wait a second, I used to be able to get a response from you within minutes, now you want me to wait a couple of hours? Like, that doesn't work for me. I need responses fast, right? And, uh, you know, it, it can be a difficult thing to do. Obviously, you know, you, you know, you, you know, at one extreme end, if you're too extreme with it, you know, your boss might say, hey, you're not, this is not working out for us. And you don't, obviously don't want to lose your job, of course. Um, but I really think that if you can do it the right way, it's about improving your productivity so that, you know, you're more profitable to the company. Other people you work with are, are also, you know, more profitable essentially. 
And so you just got to set that expectation gradually over time um, and, and, and build that out. So maybe if you respond now within five minutes, you know, make it a 30 minute window and say, Hey, listen to people you're talking with, I'll get back to you within 30 minutes if you need something, but I'm really blocking out time so I can be more effective in the work that I'm doing. And that might be easier for people to deal with than if right off the bat, you said, you know, don't talk to me for eight hours kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be a little bit of a messy transition. Um, uh, but that's true for any, any time you're changing a habit in your life to be more effective right? There's going to be friction with people that are used to other things, right? If you're trying to get healthy, right? And eat better. Anybody in your life that's used to you eating a certain way is not going to love that, right? Because it's going to impact, oh, well, let's go eat pizza. And you're going to say, no, they're not going to like that. So anytime you want to make a change for the positive, there's going to be some friction. Some people are not going to love it. But ultimately, if it is for the best, long term, it's better for you. It's better for everybody you're interfacing with. And that's what I think is the case with working asynchronously and, and maximizing kind of your flow state. So um, anyway, that's all I got for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, what day is it? Wednesday. I hope you have an awesome Wednesday. And uh, 